Hi, I'm Pastor Corey, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that path. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. This morning's scripture reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verses 20 through 33. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, church. I'm Adam Seat, lead pastor here at Orange, and I'm so thankful that you are worshiping with us today. And I'm getting so excited. I can almost begin to envision some of you sitting out here as we gather for worship. I know this morning when I went online and looked and saw 31 of the 50 spots for the Pathway service on Easter Sunday had already been claimed. And so we do encourage you, make sure you go ahead and sign up. We're doing the sign up to make sure that you have a seat, because we'd hate for you to get here and to find that we're already filled to capacity. So please make sure that you sign up. And if we find that we meet that demand of 50 uh, very quickly, then we're going to go ahead and we'll look to add another service. We want to make sure we have the opportunity as safely as possible to be gathered together. And what a remarkable day to be able to celebrate that new life once again but on Easter Sunday. So thank you for uh, being a part of this time. Also on Easter Sunday at 7 o'clock in the morning, outside in the cemetery, we will be having an in-person Easter sunrise service. Now, we know sunrise actually comes up just a few minutes before 7 o'clock, but we want to invite you to join us out there on, on that morning to be able to celebrate and be reminded of what that first Easter morning might have been like. And so thank you for uh, considering being a part of that. There is no sign-up required for the Easter sunrise service, so I hope I'll see you here. Thank you for being a part of this time. Let us go to God in prayer. God of grace and God of mercy. Lord, I thank you for the way that you reach out to us right in the moment, in the hour of need. 
Lord, you speak to us at times, catching us off guard, surprising us with the way that you speak into our very circumstances that we're going through. May you do that once again this morning. May you speak to us in ways that offers us hope, provides clarity, renews our strength. And today, may we hear you speak to us. Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you transform the words that proceed from my mouth, and as they fall upon our ears and penetrate our hearts, may they be changed into the word of God that we need to hear today as individuals and collectively as one body. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, amen. In life, we are often faced with making decisions that are going to completely alter the direction of our life. Maybe it's deciding what college to attend or deciding what job offer to accept. Deciding where you're going to live, which house or apartment you might agree to go to or which car you're going to purchase. Those kind of decisions weigh on us because we know it's a decision that we're going to have to live with for a period of time over the years to come. Maybe it's even deciding which treatment to undergo, or deciding the best way to deal with a problem at work. You may find that decisions come very easy to you, but oftentimes some of those decisions are the kind of things that keep me up late at night and early in the morning. I mean, even here at the church, I can assure you that there has been more than a minute of sleep lost as we've weighed trying to make decisions over this past year in the midst of the pandemic and trying to be as safe as possible. But you know, some decisions, we try to kick the can down the road, don't we? Sometimes we kick the can down the road to be able to try to have to decide it later. I know when my kids were little, they would approach me and ask me if they could have permission to do something or they wanted to sign up for something that I wasn't so sure about it at the time. And so I had a way of kicking the can. I'd say, you know, we'll see. And over the years, the boys eventually came to understand that when dad said, we'll see, it was my way of delaying it so that hopefully I wouldn't have to make a decision you know, when we put off making a decision, that's also a way of us making a decision. And oftentimes, when we're trying to make a decision on something, we cry out to God, asking God to give us some kind of a sign. Give me a signal. Help me know that this is what it is I'm supposed to do. Maybe we'll flip a coin or we'll just take the Bible and we'll open it up, hoping that whatever page we randomly turn to will be the answer that we're looking for. I'm reminded about in the movie, Bruce Almighty. Some of you may remember this scene where Bruce is driving down the road and he's trying to decide exactly what it is that he's supposed to do. And so he says, God, here's your chance. Give me a signal. And at that moment, he drives by a sign, a flashing road sign that says caution ahead. But that doesn't seem to be enough for Bruce and so he once again cries out to God, God, just give me some kind of a sign. 
And at that moment, a truck pulls right in front of them with all kinds of road signs in the back saying, stop, do not enter one way. He got his signs. He just wasn't really looking for them. And they weren't necessarily the signs that he wanted. You know, sometimes God comes and he gives us that sign even before we've asked for it. Sometimes God gives us that moment of clarity that helps us see, aha, the hour has come. In our gospel lesson today, the passage takes place exactly one week from today, in fact, right after Jesus has entered into Jerusalem on the day that we have come to know as Palm Sunday. And if you recall, This takes place just a very short time after Jesus has called Lazarus forth from the tomb. And the word of what he had done on that day had begun to spread all over. People were telling the stories about how he called Lazarus forth and Lazarus came forth and they unbound him and they saw him. And they saw a living, breathing miracle wherever he went. And so, Jesus' notoriety was really on fire, and it had been spreading like crazy. And so, as Jesus made his way to Jerusalem for the Passover feast, being an observant Jew himself, he goes, and there are people from all over that make their way to be able to celebrate the Passover there in the holy city of Jerusalem. And as people are coming from all over, it's not just Jewish people, not just the people of Israel who have made their way there, people from across the world. For as we saw back in even Old Testament times, there were those who were not descendants of the tribes of Israel that came to believe that Yahweh was the one true God. They might not have been of the heritage of Abraham, of Jacob, of Isaac, but yet they came to know and believe and accept and understand that indeed this was the one true God. And so the scripture tells us that as the Jews had come from all over to Jerusalem for the observance of the Passover, in John's gospel today, we see that also there are some Greeks that have come. Now, scholars debate about who these Greeks might have been, who these Greek individuals. Some would say that these are Jewish people who have been dispersed into other parts of the world and have come back to observe the Passover. Others have said that these Greeks might have actually been relatives of some of the disciples and have made their way there. But it seems to be pretty consistent in understanding that these Greeks that are there are people that have come to know and believe Yahweh as the one true God. And now they've heard the stories of Jesus. They've heard and known about a promised Messiah. And they have been looking and waiting. And as they hear the stories of Jesus, they want to see him for themselves. They want to know, is this true? And so, the scripture tells us that these Greeks, they come to Philip and they say, Philip, sir, we wish to see Jesus. And Philip goes and tells Andrew, and 
just like us here at Orange. They were people that wanted to help people find their place in God's story. And so they take them to Jesus. They tell Jesus, and it wasn't as, it's not like Jesus was looking for a sign. I don't think he was asking God, God, is this the time? Is now it? But when this happens, Jesus knows this is the sign. He has come. He has been in ministry with the people of God. He has come. He has fed the sick. He he has fed the hungry. He has healed the sick. The lame walk again. The blind have received sight. The oppressed have been set free. And now, as he draws these Greek individuals to him, he knows the hour has come. It is time for his ultimate mission to be fulfilled. The final thing that Jesus must do. This is the hour that he knows he has come for all men, as he goes on to say. For all people. This is the hour that he re-alters his life fully to the cross. He turns ready to face what is ahead for this week. In the week to come for him. As he says, very truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it. And those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. And whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. It is very clear that Jesus is saying that the hour has come for his death. But it's also very evident that he's saying that an hour has come for us as well. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. That's such a clear and vivid image, isn't it? I've I've read that I could take this piece of grain, I could take this, and I could actually put it in a desk drawer in my office and close that drawer. And in one year, I could come back and open that drawer and I would find exactly the same thing. Nothing will have changed. However... If I take this and I put it into the dirt, if I put it into the ground, if I make sure that it receives water, over time, there will be a significant transformation. But unless it goes into that ground, it remains just like this. Last year, my son Aaron was home for the summer and in the midst of COVID, what else were we going to do? So we decided to have a garden. (laughs) Well, we attempted to have a garden. But as we dug up a pot spot in the backyard and we planted seeds, we bought these seeds. And here I've got carrot seeds. That tells me that these are carrots. <laughs> but these seeds are the, still the same seeds as they were a year ago when I bought them. Nothing happens. Nothing happens until we bury it. <laughs> Nothing happens. No transformation takes place until there's a part that's willing to die. I think 
as Jesus is reminding us now that his mission is about to be made full and to be made complete. He's calling us into an hour of transformation as well. Jesus invites us not into death. Jesus invites us into life. But that life only comes when we die to self to live through Christ. When we die to self to live through Christ. That's why baptism is such a beautiful image of being reminded of not only are we washed clean, but in baptism we die to self to live through Christ. We die to self to live through Christ. Now those words that Jesus goes on and says, they're troubling words for me. He says, those who love their life will lose it. And those who hate their life in this world will keep it in eternal life. And, you know, my problem is, I love my life. I love my life. There are things about it that are great. I don't want to lose that life. But the thing is, sometimes we're holding on to things of this life that are me-centered. Jesus is calling us to die to me, die to self, to live for thee, to live through Christ. There might be parts in our lives that need to die off so that we might truly begin to bear the fruit that God has called us to. And that only comes first because he was willing to offer himself up for us to die that we might live. And now for us, an hour comes that we must decide to die to self to live through Christ. As Jesus continued, he says, whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. In this call to service, it's calling us to to live a life bearing fruit through the way that we demonstrate how we have died to self. John Wesley gave a general rule for his Methodists, for people called Methodists. He gave a rule for conduct, and it says, Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. We're called to die to self. To live through Christ. This is a decision that we must come to. This is a decision that we must make. And even if we make no decision, we've made a decision. The hour has come. This may be the sign today that you didn't even know you were looking for. This may be this time that a sign is flashing in front of you. That thing that you know that you've been holding on to that you need to let go of. To be able to live through Christ. To die to self. To live once again through Him. This may be the very sign you've been begging God for. Today, these words may be speaking to you. Die to self. To live through Christ. The hour has come. Let us alter our lives and follow him to the cross. Being prepared 
for that new life that comes through him. Today, I want to close our time in this message through utilizing a prayer that comes to us from John Wesley, handed down from year after year to the people called Methodist. A prayer he didn't write, but ultimately it became associated with John Wesley, a covenant prayer in a Wesleyan tradition. These words speak to us and remind us of what it means fully to die to self and to live through Christ. And so today, as I pray this prayer, I invite you to pray it along with me. Let us pray. I am no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for thee or brought low for thee. Let me exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine, and I am thine. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.